0: Welcome back. This is Parker's MMA Show, episode six. In this week's episode, we're going to dive into UFC Mexico City, recap the Valor bare knuckle boxing fights, and look forward to a couple upcoming fights. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back. So, this week I want to start off by talking about UFC Mexico City. Overall, I thought it was a really good card. Um, I'll go through some of the highlights of uh, some of the fights I, I like the most. Um, but let's start with the main event. You had Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. Get stopped 15 seconds in with a um, no contest ending and, you know, from, a, from an eye poke from Yair Rodriguez. Um, you know, eye pokes, they happen. It's just part of the sport. It was unfortunate. It happened in the main event of a big card in Mexico City. Obviously the hometown of Yair Rodriguez. Uh, a couple takeaways. I, I just really didn't like the way that Yair handled it. It just looked unprofessional. Um, you know, at the end of the fight, Jeremy Stevens is blind in one eye and he's trying to make his exit out of the octagon. And then Yair jumps on the cage and starts almost celebrating like he won it was just it was super weird um, the way every everything went down and then of course on the way out the Mexican fans are hammering Jeremy Stevens with beer and food and he said he got hit with a couple coins people throwing punches at him it's just it was super disrespectful and didn't look good for the sport so I was really disappointed with that. Um, you know, obviously Jeremy Stevens, like I said last week is one of those guys that's he's fought everyone, he's fought everywhere. He's there's no way he's looking for a way out. If he's hurt, you got to believe Jeremy Stevens. Um, you know, he's like I said, he's had about 41 fights. He's not in there faking it. He's in there to kill people, and that's the type of guy Jeremy Stevens is. So, for me, I just really didn't like the way that Yair Rodriguez handled it. Obviously, he had the little incident with Michael Bisbing um, that kind of went viral. And it, it just looked kind of like he was a spoiled brat. And, um, yeah, I didn't like the way he handled it. That was a big, big showcase for Yair Rodriguez, and I think he blew it. Um, so this fight came out yesterday. It's getting rebooked for the October 18th card. It'll be the co-main event to Chris Weidman and Dominic Reyes. You know, it was unfortunate the way all that shit went down. But to be honest, it just makes this card or this fight even bigger. And there's huge heat behind it now. You have Yair Rodriguez that kind of stuck to his guns and says, you know, Jeremy Stevens was faking it. He wanted out of the fight, which is total bullshit. And you've got Jeremy Stevens who, you know, he took a, a lot of his time, went down there to Mexico City he had a six-week camp in Mexico City away from his family he spent $30,000 he goes in there he gets poked in the eye you know only gets his show money so he's gonna be on edge for this fight I, I, I think he's gonna come out and try to kill Yaya Rodriguez um, so that really makes me look forward to that fight even more um, I think it's a great spot too on that Boston card so yeah that'll be rebooked for that um, You know, the only other thing on that fight, um, you know, for the Mexican fans, that's just a terrible look. And, you know, it's, it's probably due to the fact that they don't get a lot of cards. They're more, you know, amateur fans, you know, when it comes to knowing the rules and everything that goes down in the fight and the way to treat the fighters, that's just not the way to do it. That's a terrible look. I don't think you would ever see that in the U.S. or Canada or Brazil. So, it'll come with time, the Mexican fans. Obviously, they're a very, very passionate fan, fa- fan base, especially when it's one of their guys in there. Um, but that was just bad to see. They, they've got to do better than that. Um, Herb Dean, he did a great job controlling that whole situation. That can get a little crazy in there sometimes when you've got a situation like that. But he kept everything calm, cool, collected, did everything the right way. He gave Jeremy Stevens every opportunity to recover and to fight. You know, he controlled the doctors, told them when to come in, when to stay away. So hats off to Herb Dean. He did a great job keeping all that shit together. Um, other highlights from that, obviously, you know, the next day, Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez get into a little shuffle, a little scuffle in the hotel lobby. Like I said, that's just going to build the an animosity between those two guys and make that an even better fight. For the rematch so I'm really looking forward to that um, other fights off of that card you had Carla Esparza versus um, the Mexican fighter Grasso I, I thought that was a very very close fight that could have gone either way Carla Esparza got caught in a nasty nasty arm bar how she got out of it I have no idea that was super tight I thought she was gonna break her arm so uh, hats off to those girls that was a that was a good fight good back and forth uh, fight for the strawweight women um also on that we had that crazy knockout um the Steven peterson i'm gonna watch that back he counters a spinning back fist with a spinning back fist and has one of the most vicious knockouts of the year that's got to be that's got to be up there for knockout of the year that was crazy 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 stephen peterson knocking out martin bravo so that was awesome um yeah that was a great great spinning back fist um other funny things from that card you had the um brendan fitzgerald hiding under the table he was the announcer with michael Bisbee. so when all the shit went down and everything started getting crazy you know michael bisbing's just standing up facing the crowd and his partner brendan fitzgerald hits <laughs> hits the deck since hiding under the table but he kept it all together he kept it together under the table. So shout out to Michael Bisbing and Brendan Fitzgerald. That was pretty entertaining watching those videos back. Um, so yeah, that's about it. All in all, good card. Obviously controversy at the top. That'll be worked out here in a couple weeks. So I think, like I said, that, that just builds that fight up even more. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that rematch. I think that'll be really good. All right, next I want to move on and talk about um, the BMF belt. Seems like I've been talking about that every week, but uh, that fight just keeps getting closer and closer and bigger and bigger. Um, they had the press conference over the weekend. It was it was really cool. They did they did it in uh, New York and they had a the Brooklyn Bridge in the backdrop, which made for an awesome backdrop. You had George Mazzoval came out in the Tony Montana outfit. That was pretty awesome. Um, Nate Diaz, you know, came came out in this kind of gangster look. So. Um, these two guys, it's, it's been pretty cordial, which I think, you know, maybe turns a little people, some people off that there's not a lot of heat on this fight, but I think it's, it's just, they have mutual respect for each other and they don't need to talk shit. They're going to get in there and they're going to throw down and it's going to be, I think one of the best fights of the year. So yeah, the, the press conference, there were some weird questions asked, but There was nothing too crazy um like i said they kept it pretty respectful um dana white confirms that they are making an actual bad motherfucker belt it's gonna be cost about fifty thousand dollars to have made which is pretty cool this will be the first time in us ufc history that you know they make a special belt and (laughs) i'll be interested to see what they do after that if if this becomes a thing you know if if these guys start defending this with super fights um, would be kind of cool. Um, you know, I think they'll probably do that. Or it would make sense to make the bad motherfucker belt kind of your 165 division. Because, um, you know, there's so many fights there with people that are kind of tweeners between 155 and 170. And those are two of the best divisions in the UFC. So, maybe the bad motherfucker belt becomes the 165 division. That would be cool. Um, yeah, so George Moswell, Nate Diaz, they just keep building this fight up. I think this is going to be a huge, huge money fight. And I'm really looking forward to it. Both of these guys really, really deserve it. So, you know, you've had George Masvidal, who's just been on an absolute terror. Nate Diaz is back. He's one of the biggest stars in the game. It's going to be awesome. Like I said, I, I don't think they need to do a lot of shit talking and build up. I think this fight sells itself. This is going to really cross over to the mainstream, I think this is going to be a really, really big fight. Um, you know, all the numbers on all the videos that Nate and George have been doing or been trending crazy. George has been all over ESPN and, you know, showing up at all the fights and he gets huge, huge receptions. So yeah, this one's for the fans. This is going to be an awesome, awesome fight again, November 2nd, Madison square garden, bad motherfucker belt. Let's fucking do it. This is going to be awesome. All right, next topic. This weekend we had Ken Shamrock's Valor bare knuckle fights that went down. Uh, This is the first card for this promotion. Um, I tuned in. I had, obviously, like I said last week, my MMA coach, James McSweeney, was fighting. Um, So I tuned in. I got in early. I pretty much watched all of the fights. The first fight I watched was the Mark Godbeer versus Jack May Um, that was a vicious vicious KO and yeah I don't don't know this sport this is gonna be hard to put a career together in bare-knuckle boxing it's just especially at the heavyweight level I haven't watched a lot of the smaller guys fight but the heavyweight just seems so vicious and there's very very little margin of error so yeah Mark Godbeer got this vicious vicious knockout it was like 20 30 seconds into the first round he um you know knocked this guy down once and then he came in for the kill and put him away and it was vicious this jack May guy was out for about four or five minutes just bat flat on the canvas and he was out cold it was it was kind of scary that was the first fight that I tuned into and um yeah this stuff is it's crazy I a couple things I like I like I mean it's bare knuckle it's there's none of this bullshit wrapping the knuckles. They've got a little tape on their wrist and then it's bare knuckles and they're getting in there and they're freaking thrown down. So I, I like that. It's, you know, nonstop fast paced action, which I think people are always going to gravitate to. I one thing I really liked was the um, the ring. I thought it was really cool. It's like a you know, raised platform, basically a circle You've got kind of a canvas in the middle, and then you've got about an eight-foot perimeter. So that was pretty interesting. Um, Obviously, my my biggest complaint when I go to UFC fights is if you sit up close, it's hard to see sometimes because the cage is blocking it. You've got cameramen standing around the cage. So I I like the layout of this ring. I think it's pretty interesting, and and, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see where this goes. So basically what it was, it was a four-man heavyweight tournament. You had Mark beer versus Jack Mays, and then you had Mighty Mo taking on Sakaju in the first um, first fight. So yeah, those two fought. You had uh, Mark Godbur won, and then Mighty Mo got a knockout. So those two headed to the finals. And I also think it's cool you have to fight twice in a night. I don't know if they're going to carry that on or if that was just kind of a one-time tournament deal. So you had those two guys um, in the finals later in the night and then between that you had James McSweeney and LeVar Johnson fighting. Um, I believe the way they had it set up is their fight was just kind of an alternative fight for um, you know in case one of the other guys got hurt or whatever. But, yeah, the James McSweeney versus LeVar Johnson, uh, exactly what I said. You know, McSweeney came out looking good with good boxing, and then he just got caught with a huge, huge right hand that put him down and split him open. Um, So, like I said, I mean, there's just very little, if any, margin of error in this bare-knuckle boxing, which makes it interesting, but I don't know how you build a career here. This might just be, you know, for older guys. Have fought all over the world, you know, UFC, Strike Force, Bellator, won championship, whatever, and, and just you know, to take a fight and make some money. I, I don't know what the payouts were for this. It'd be interesting to see, but um, yeah, all in all, I, I think they did a pretty damn good job. It was it was super entertaining. Um, just you know, the knockouts were all pretty much first round knockouts. Um, another one we had this um, Joshua Dreyer. This guy is a fucking psychopath. He looked like he was built for bare-knuckle fighting. He's talking shit the whole time. He knocked the guy down two or three times, and then he put him away with a heavy knockout. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. You're going to find crazy characters like this guy, and and they'll put on entertaining fights. So I'll definitely tune back in if they have another Valor um, bare-knuckle boxing I thought it was really entertaining so yeah in the last fight we had Mark Godbear took on Mighty Moe and he knocked him out um, and he became the first champion so good for Mark Godbear he he was a he's a British fighter he's you know fought all over the place but I think he might have found his niche here in the bare knuckle boxing he looked really really good Um, so he becomes your first heavyweight champion um, so Ken Shamrock. Yeah, that was awesome. Very, very entertaining. Um, I'll be interested to see what the numbers were. I think the pay-per-view was about 30 bucks. Um, so I'd be interesting to see how many people bought it. The crowd looked pretty packed. They look pretty into it. So good for Valor bare knuckle boxing and their debut. I think it was awesome. He had a lot of people talking about it, so I'll be interested to see what they do from here on out. All right, now we're going to run through some current events, uh, just some things that went down in the last week or so in the MMA world. So um, off the top here, Nick Newell. You've seen him um, fighting in World Series of Fighting, he fought on the Contender Series, he's the guy that has uh, the half arm, and he's just very, very inspiring, you know, he's got good record he's 16-2 and he's got the loss to Justin Gaethje in World Series of Fighting and then he lost to Alexander Munoz in the contender series but besides that I mean he's been pretty dominant and it's an amazing story what he's been able to do but um, after the contender series he had a good fight with Alexander Munoz I think he lost in decision so he didn't get his shot at the UFC which was kind of sad but he lands in Bellator he signs a multi-fight deal with Bellator Good for him. Um, You know, I, I think he's a very marketable guy, obviously. He's got the amazing story. And it'll be interesting to see how Bellator matches him up and how he does over there. But good for Nick Newell. He gets his chance. Next, we've got Zabit versus Calvin Cater. This fight gets moved from the Boston card to Moscow. So, kind of a kick in the nuts for Calvin Cater. He was... You know, scheduled to fight in his backyard in Boston against Zabit, who's one of the biggest up-and-coming stars at 145. Um, Zabit gets injured. He needs a couple weeks out. So they push the fight and reschedule it to the UFC Moscow card, which is now a home field advantage fight for Zabit. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they, they both got to go in there and fight. Um, but that sucked for Cater gets moved back a month, and now he's fighting in Zabit's home country. Um, but for Cater, you know, he's been on a roll. He's now 20-3 and three as a professional. He's won 12 of his last 13 fights in the UFC, and he's coming off two first-round knockouts, so this is a huge test for him. Zabit, his his rise has been, you know, pretty crazy in the UFC. He's 5-0 and oh now, and he's... One of the most talented, probably up-and-coming fighters that the UFC's got. So this should be a pretty important fight at 145. Um, Both the guys are, you know, in the top five. Um, So that'll be very interesting to see how that all shakes out. But that's rescheduled now for the November 9th card in Moscow. All right. Um, Next, we had Colby Chaos Covington striking again. Um, so Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight, pound for pound, best heavyweight ever. Apparently Colby Covington was talking some shit to his wife, which is very, very stupid. I don't know why he would do that. But, um, yeah, Stipe came out basically saying that he's going to have to have a sit down talk with Colby Covington and set him straight and... He doesn't want it to get confrontational but he's got to have a few words with colby chaos covington so colby obviously having all the drama with his team att with dustin poirier and george masvidal i would definitely recommend don't fuck with stipe he's a very scary human and a lot bigger than colby so yeah we had colby back in the news apparently talking noise to stipe's wife during his fight so that's not good. Colby, take it easy and don't talk shit to women, please. Um, next, there was an article that came out. Matt Sarah um, put his two cents in. Matt Sarah, former welterweight fighter in the UFC. Um, he put his two cents in about who he thinks can take out Khabib. I think there's a lot of argument right now. Obviously, everyone wants to see him fight uh, Tony Ferguson. Uh, that's the fight that everyone wants to wants to see and has to be made. But um, Matt Serra, I thought, brought some interesting points. Um, he thinks Justin Gaethje and T-City, Brian Ortega, would be the two best candidates to take out Khabib. Um, very interesting. Brian Ortega, obviously a badass at jiu-jitsu, um, strong fighter. Had a great fight with Max Holloway. Has some amazing submission wins. Um, Sarah's point was basically, if Brian Ortega were to get Khabib in that guillotine that Dustin Poirier had him in, the fight would be over. Um, And I tend to agree. I mean, Brian Ortega is very, very dangerous off his back. And his striking has got a lot better. So that'd be an interesting fight. Obviously, he's fighting down at 145. He's got a fight scheduled with the Korean Zombie coming up here at the end of the year I believe so that would be interesting I think he would have to win you know a couple fights at 155 before Khabib would give him a shot you know I think Khabib wants to fight Tony Ferguson next and then maybe a super fight with GSP and then he may be done so it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out and then for Justin Gaethje yeah, I've said this all along. I think Justin Gaethje, if Tony Ferguson can't get the job done with Khabib, um, Justin Gaethje is a problem. He's you know, a fantastic wrestler. His scramblers, scrambles are amazing. He's not going to get held down. He'll fight off his back. He's kind of like Tony Ferguson. He's got a, just a crazy gas tank. He brings you amazing pressure. His jiu-jitsu is not as good as Tony Ferguson, but um, his striking, his power... Everything. I think he could take Khabib into deep waters, get him tired, hurt him, and then maybe knock him out late. So those those are my three guys. I, I agree with Matt, Sarah, on Justin Gaethje and um, T City Brian Ortega. But uh, Tony Ferguson to me is has the best chance to beat Khabib. He's got all the tools, you know, everything that it takes to get that done. He's nasty off his back he's his striking is just unpredictable he's gonna cut you he's gonna fuck you up he's gonna drag you into deep deep waters late rounds um, so for me that's the fight I, I'm really really hoping that that gets booked for the end of the year Tony Ferguson put out a tweet it was last week basically hitting at a title fight in late December Or sorry mid-December he wants to get on the Vegas card with Khabib that would be really interesting um, I don't know if Khabib wants to return that soon that'll be a couple months off um, but that'd be really interesting and that that could be a stacked card if they get Tony Ferguson on there so that's really interesting we'll see how all that plays out but um, yeah I, I like the idea that Matt Sarah had I, I agreed with that so alright let's move on um, I want to just cover some of the upcoming fights we've got Actually, a shitload of fights going down this weekend. Bellator's got two fight cards. They've got Friday, the 27th, they're, they've got a big fight card in Dublin. You've got Benson Henderson taking on Miles Jury. This will be Miles Jury's first fight in Bellator. Um, you know, great fight. Two veterans that have been around forever. That'll be an interesting one. And then you've got Michael Venom Page making his return. Uh, this is his first fight back after douglas lehman knockout in that welterweight tournament so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back he's fighting an irish guy i've never heard of this guy um but they've been getting into it at the press conferences so yeah there's a lot of heat there that should be pretty interesting um always fun to watch michael venom page fight and over there in ireland england he's a big fan or you know a big star so That'll be really interesting. Then you've got James Gallagher. James Gallagher is kind of the Bellator version of Conor McGregor. They're from the same camp. You know, he talks a lot of shit. He's got the crazy tattoos, and he can back up his his shit talking. He's a great fighter. He had he's nine and one now. He had the one uh, really really vicious knockout where he got knocked out. It might have been two fights ago, um, but he's you know, really, really promising prospect. So I'll be excited to see him fight. He had his, he had the opponent drop out a couple times. So he's got this guy uh, Salazar stepping in, who's twelve and nine. Um, so we'll look for, you know, a big finish from James Gallagher and Michael Venom Page. Um, so that's the Friday card that's going down in Dublin. That main card gets started at two o'clock. So that'll be interesting, and then the next night, you've got Bellator 228, we've got Patriki Pitbull taking on Juan, the Spaniard Archuleta, um, this is for the featherweight title over at Bellator, so you had Pitbull came out earlier this week saying that, you know, he thinks he's the greatest featherweight of all time, UFC and Bellator, so... Uh, Those are some pretty big words. We'll see if he can back it up. Juan Enchaleta is a very, very scary opponent. Um, Juan Enchaleta trains with TJ Dillashaw. He's got crazy, crazy knockout power. Um, So I think there's going to be fireworks in this fight. You know, Tricky Pitbull is obviously coming off that big knockout to Michael Chandler. Um, You know, and this is part of that featherweight tournament for a million dollars in Bellator. So... This will be very, very interesting. You've got two veterans on the card. You've got Loyota Machida, the dragon, facing Gregor Musasi. Um, that'll be interesting. That's a big fight for Bellator. Obviously, you've got two big name veterans facing up. Um, Leota Machida's look pretty good, you know, and his stint in Bellator. And then you've got Gregor Musasi, who has been pretty dominant he lost his title to rafael lovato jr but you know over in bellator he's been incredible um so that'll be an interesting match i'll have to take um musashi in that i think he's just a all-around you know better rounded fighter I, I think he's probably one of the best fighters in the world and Machida's getting kind of old so i'm gonna go with Musasi in that one um also on this card, we've got Darian Caldwell versus Henry Corrales. That's part of the featherweight um, Grand Prix as well. So we've got that. We've got AJ McKee taking on Georgie. I can't say his last name. Um, AJ McKee, another hot prospect in Bellator. He's 14 and 0. He's going to be a part of that featherweight champ or featherweight tournament as well. Um, yeah, I like the tournament deal they're doing over there I, I just it makes it interesting it stirs shit up a little bit gives you know some of these lesser-known guys a chance to really make a name for themselves uh, another cool thing on this card you've got AJ McKee and Antonio McKee father and son duo fighting on the same card. that's gotta be pretty rare I don't think that happens a lot but um, that was pretty cool little news I saw there um, his dad Antonio McKee has been around forever. He's fighting on the prelims, and then AJ McKee is starting off the uh, main card. So that'll be cool to see. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So you've got the two Bellator cards. That's Friday and Saturday. And then Saturday, UFC's got a card. They've got Jack Hermanson taking on Jared Cannonier. That's a pretty big fight at middleweight. Um... Yeah, these guys are you know kind of right outside the top five and middleweight, so that'll be an interesting fight. Jack Hermanson's on a huge run, so is Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier is the one. Um, there was a crazy tweet about him the other day, <clears throat> but he was the one that started his career at heavyweight, then moved down to light heavyweight, now he's fighting at middleweight. So that's pretty crazy. You don't see that very often. Someone that starts up at heavyweight and then drops all the way down to middleweight. But ever ever since he has went to middleweight, he's been on a pretty good run. He's now 12-4. and four. Uh, Jack Hermanson's 20-4. and four. I, I would think Jack Hermanson would have to be the slight favorite. Um, so that's a good fight there at the top. Um, other notable fighters on here, you've got Khalil Roundtree coming back. He looked really good in his last couple fights since he went over to uh, Thailand and started training his Muay Thai, and his striking looks freaking incredible. So it'd be interesting to see him fight. Um, you've got Mark Madsen making his UFC debut. Uh, Mark Madsen was a big time wrestler. I think, where is he from? Uh, maybe from Switzerland. But I've heard a lot, a lot of good things about him. Sorry, he's from Denmark. So yeah, big time wrestler at 155. Um, he's undefeated as an MMA fighter. So, it would be pretty interesting to see him fight. He's making his UFC debut. Um, That's kind of a big deal. You've got Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson's been out a little bit. He's had some injuries and some different stuff he's been dealing with. But, um, you know, he's always dangerous. Gunnar Nelson's jiu-jitsu is unbelievable. He's coming off, you know, kind of back-and-forth decisions. He had a loss to Ponzinibbio. He submitted um, Cowboy Oliveira, and then he had a loss to, let me see, Leon Edwards. So, you know, Gunnar Nelson, kind of been hanging around the top of 170 for a while. Um, It'd be nice to see him get a win and get back on track. Uh, Besides that, yeah. So, I mean, between UFC and Bellator, you've got three fight cards this weekend. Not you know, crazy stacked cards, but some entertaining fights at the top of the card. So that's what I'll be looking out for. Uh, another story popped out this week. You had Sugar Rashad Evans saying that he's going to make a return to fighting. Um, you know, this is a hard one. Obviously, Rashard Evans, he was former lightweight champion of the world. <sighs> I, I just don't like seeing these guys coming back. He's, he's older. You know, he's 41 years old. He's fought everyone, you know, at, at that weight class. Um, I don't know. It, it's, I, I just don't like seeing these guys try to come back. I mean, you look at his resume, he's fought Stefan Bonner, Michael Bisbing, Chuck Liddell, knocked out Chuck Liddell, Forrest Griffin, to win the light heavyweight championship. Got knocked out by Loyola Machida. Fought Rampage Jackson, Tito Ortiz, Phil Davis, John Jones, Big Nog, Dan Henderson, Chael Sonnen. And then after his last win to Chael Sonnen, he knocked him out in November of 2013 at ufc 167 he's got one two three four five losses in a row in the ufc (sighs) i i don't want to see him come back especially not at the ufc you know he got released or they agreed to split ways so maybe he lands in bellator and takes a couple fights with some of those older guys but you know, Rashard Evans, he doesn't have to do anything else. He's he's done everything he needs to do as a fighter. He was a champion. He was, you know, one of the best to do it at light heavyweight. So if he wants to come back, that's on him. I I wouldn't want to see him get knocked out or anything like we saw Chuck Liddell and some of these older fighters that try to make a comeback. But if he wants to make his return, you know, in Bellator, he's got guys like Chael Sonnen and... Um, Wanderlei Silva, Rampage, Phil Davis, people like that that are a little bit older that he could have some fights with. So, um, yeah, that was in the news. Um, updates on Colby Usman. It's, you know, still nothing. It's, it's just kind of sitting there. Um, Colby wants more money and has turned down a fight with Usman. He also turned down a fight with Woodley. So it's kind of a screwed up deal. I, I think if they can't work something out by the time Nate Diaz and George all fight, that Colby's going to get passed up. So I really hope he, he works out something soon and, and just takes the fight, takes the fight with Usman. And, you know, if he thinks he can beat him, he'll beat him, he'll be the champion. And then he can control the, you know, control everything. he, he can kind of dictate the money he gets. But right now, he's not the champion. And he's he's trying to get there. So I, I think for Colby, he needs to just swallow his pride. Take the fight. And if he can beat him, he becomes a champion. He controls everything. So, yeah, that kind of sucks to see that that's held up. I really think they need to figure that out and move that along. Um, also, this week, we had Dana came out and said that they are for sure going to do a trilogy fight with Stipe and DC. Dana confirmed that on the Barstool um, interview with Robbie Fox. So that's exciting. And then later that week you had DC confirmed it on Ariel's show. So he basically said that yeah, he's going to fight Stipe one last time for the trilogy. And then he's for sure done. No more fights after that. So that's exciting. I, I think that's probably going to be pushed to sometime early 2020. So that'll probably be one of the biggest, you know, obviously the biggest fight in heavyweight history, and probably one of the biggest trilogy fights ever. So really excited for that. Um, that leaves me to kind of question what what's going on with John Jones. Is he going to come to heavyweight? Is he going to stay at light heavyweight? I kind of have a hunch that this is going to happen. I I think they're going to have John Jones come fight Francis at heavyweight probably around the same time that DC and Stipe have their trilogy. And then I think John Jones gets the winner of that for the heavyweight championship of the world. If I was the UFC, that's how I would do it. Um, I don't know how John's going to feel about taking a non-title fight, but that just makes for a huge, huge fight after the DC and Stipe fight. If John Jones can get past Francis, which I know Francis is dangerous, but I think John's just, Smarter. I think he'll be able to stay on the outside and just kind of pick Francis apart, get him tired, and then finish him. Um, kind of like Stipe did. I don't know if John will wrestle him as much. He might strike with him more and then maybe look to take him down later. But if I was the UFC, that's what I would do. I would book that fight Francis versus John Jones. The winner gets the winner of Stipe versus DC. That's a gigantic heavyweight fight. Um, And then if they're able to do that, I mean, that really, that'll let light heavyweight kind of sort itself out. You've got a lot of these younger guys that are kind of on the rise right now. You've got Chris Weidman coming up. You've got Jacare coming up. Um, So some big name middleweights coming up. And then you've got the, you know, the Johnny Walkers, the Corey Andersons, the Dominic Reyes, the kind of younger guys. Um, I think all those guys need to kind of fight it out, figure out who's going to be the clear cut Next contender for John Jones. You know, you've got Gustafson that says he's going to make a return. You've got Anthony Smith that I'm sure wants to get back in there. So I I think they go that direction, kind of let light heavyweight play itself out over the next six to eight months. And then, you know, John Jones can come back and defend that title, you know, while setting up a big title fight at heavyweight. I think that would be pretty interesting. Uh, to see go down um, other big name fights coming up this weekend we've got sorry next weekend we've got uh, Rob Whitaker taking on Izzy Adesanya uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little more this uh, this coming episode but really excited for this fight I think this is probably going to be one of the best fights of the year For the UFC, you've got the champion Robert Whitaker, the interim champion Izzy Adesanya. It's going down UFC 243, Melbourne, Australia. Really, really excited for that. I think that's gonna give you, you know, your clear-cut champion up there at middleweight. Obviously, there's been some issues with Whitaker. He, you know, had the title. He vacated it, and lost it to GSP, and then GSP vacated it. He won, um, you know, with the fights with Yoel Romero, he got the title back, and then he had the fight with Gasolum that fell through. Adesanya has been on a freaking terror the last 18 months. He's on a six-fight win streak, undefeated in, in the UFC. He's got everything. He's got all the the flash, the skills. He's got Africa behind him you know he's he's Nigerian originally and then he fights out of New Zealand so he's got both of those markets that you know are behind him I I think if if he can get this done against Robert Whitaker he's going to explode he could be you know the next Conor McGregor level star for the UFC so that's a huge fight we'll dive into more details of that next week Um, let's see next we had, like I said earlier, Tony Ferguson calling out Khabib for the December 14th card in Vegas. That would be really interesting. Um, you also, like I said last week, you had McGregor was kind of hitting at December 14th. So I don't know if that's all tied together and they're going to try to do a mega card at UFC Vegas on the 14th. That would be interesting if you could get Tony Ferguson, Khabib, Connor, and Justin Gaethje all on the same card. That would be... Probably the biggest card of the year, maybe the biggest card ever. Um so that's not confirmed yet, but Tony Ferguson kind of threw out some text last week hinting at that. Also on that card they booked Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Um for me this is gonna be Holloway's biggest biggest test at 145. This Volkanovsky guy is huge for the weight. He's been looking incredible. He's been on a 17-fight streak in MMA, which is crazy. His last three fights, uh, Darren Elkins, he won by decision. Chad Mendez, he knocked him out. Chad Mendez, obviously one of the top perennial contenders at featherweight for the last, shit, 10 years. And then Jose Aldo, he defeated in Brazil by unanimous decision. So, yeah, him versus Max Holloway, that's a freaking fight. Um... And if they're able to put Khabib and Tony or Connor and Justin on that card, that's a giant card. Um, so UFC 245, they've got booked Holloway versus Volkanovski. They just added Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. That's a huge fight at 170. Santiago Ponzinibbio is a big-time prospect. He's been out for probably about a year Um, but he gets a a big test against Robbie Lawler, who's, you know, he, he's been the man up there at 170 for a long time. So if you can get past Robbie Lawler, I think Ponzinibbio will be, you know, right in line for the next title shot. So that's a big fight at 170 that got booked earlier on this week. And then you've got Amanda Nunes defending her title against Jermaine Randome. um, yeah, she's a former featherweight champion. She had that kind of weird moment where, you know, she she beat Holly Holm for the title, and then she was just kind of unwilling to fight Cyborg, so they stripped her of her title. Um, ever since then, she made a return back to bantamweight, I believe, and she had a unanimous decision against Rocky Pennington, and then she had a big knockout of Aspen Lad. It was like a. 16 seconds into the fight so that'll be an interesting fight i mean amanda nunez right now is the top of the game she's probably the best woman fighter ever so this will be a good test for her it'll be good to see amanda back in action so that's all going down on the december card and let me see yeah one more fight they booked last week uh like i said earlier brian ortega Taking on the Korean Zombie. That's December 21st in South Korea. So UFC South Korea. It's been a while since Brian Ortega's fought. He's been out about a year. He had that crazy, crazy war against Max Holloway uh, where they end up stopping it. The doctor ended up stopping the fight. Um, So yeah, he took a lot of damage in that fight. It'll be very interesting to see how he comes back. And if he can get back on track at featherweight. Um, You know, I think if he can get a win here, he'll really kind of gather some steam and maybe work his way towards a rematch with Max. Or like we said earlier, um, he'd be a very interesting candidate to go up to 155. He's a bigger guy. And maybe provide a good test for Khabib. So for the Korean Zombie, his last fight he had that crazy... Um, first round knockout with Hanato Mokano that was back in June at uh, UFC Fight Night on June 22nd. So he had that crazy, crazy TKO. It was very quick first round knockout. And then before that, he had the last second knockout. of He got knocked out by Yair Rodriguez with one second left in the fight. In a fight that he was pretty much dominating. So Korean Zombie, I mean, he's always tough. That'll be a great matchup to head that headline that card in South Korea. So um, so that's about it. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I'll be back next week. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the results of the fights from this week. We'll also look forward to Rob Whitaker versus Adesanya. That's going down October 6th. Thanks to everyone again for tuning in. And we will catch you next week on Episode 7 of Parker's MMA Show.